Touchdowns, disappointment, and a whole lot of COVID. Another week gone, and it feels like every single season game from here on out is going to be a playoff scenario. Not only are we in our fantasy playoffs, but now the NFL, it, every game just feels like a little bit of a fantasy playoff game in their own perspective. Yo, what is going on, Sleeper Nation? I am Natter, alongside the number one Australian analyst back from COVID, apparently still has COVID, but he's still here with us. What's going on, Shane? Hey, man. Yeah, it was uh, on the COVID IR list last week, but um, still testing positive, but here to, uh, well, half-ass my way through this like I do most weeks, just with a bit of COVID on the side. I, I don't know if it was the COVID or not. I just couldn't get into this week of football. I thought Sunday's games were largely pretty shit. I think we sort of struggled for good games this week. I know uh, the Packers and Ravens had a good finish. I just, I wasn't feeling the love, especially in the first week of the playoffs. Well, I just want to shout out the Lions and all one and a half Lions fans there are out there for absolutely dismantling the Cardinals. That one, it wasn't a good game, but it was fun to watch. Does that make sense? Yeah, I was super happy for the Lions. I, they're a team that's easy to root for. Um, and I was super happy for them. But as you say, it just wasn't a great game. No, it wasn't a great game. It, it's fun to watch the Lions dominate. And it's also fun to watch the Lions get dominated as well. Like It's kind of like a meme at this point where it's like, oh, death taxes and the Lions being trash. Uh, other than that, yeah, I, I'm going to have to agree with you. There wasn't anything phenomenal to watch. It was just kind of like a a filler week in a way of... Which is disappointing because this is fantasy playoffs. We need the big weeks. This is when you want your stud players to do some stud things. And other than Jonathan Taylor breaking off a 60-yard run at the end of the game, other than the Chiefs-Chargers game Thursday night, there just wasn't anything that really made you say, wow, this is fantasy playoffs. It felt a bit like when you're watching a, a TV series and you know the big finale's coming and they have an episode, uh, a couple of episodes out that kind of just puts all the pieces in place and nothing really happens. Like people get to where they need to be. They kind of set up the storylines that are going to wrap up in the last episode. And you're like, well, that was a bit of a filler episode. And you're uh -huh. right. That's, that's what this week felt like. Now let's see. Michael Carter dropped an absolute disappointment. First game from IR. Saquon's doing his thing where he's just a complete disappointed all year round. Julio Jones, big fat donut. Yes, typical. You should have expected that. I can't believe you started him. <laughs> it's just a lot of disappointment throughout the whole just week. It's a good week for tight ends, but bad week for seemingly everyone else. It really felt that way. I'm, I, I scrolled through all my leagues just kind of to see everybody's score lines, and it felt like everybody was struggling to put up over 100. I went big in a couple of leagues, but that was largely thanks to Tyler Huntley going off. Um, yeah, and, and another Tyler league Huntley, that I congratulations. Just, yeah, and another league where I just absolutely stacked. I mean, my second lowest scorer was the Texans' defense. They got ten points. So, like, you know, you have those weeks from time to time, which is handy to have them when you're in the playoffs. Oh yeah, especially when you start off strong. Now, a couple of leagues, I did have the first round by. A couple of them, I'm making an early round or exit. It's pretty sad. And another one, 
I'm still waiting for today's game. Right now it is halftime for the Rams. Uh, Rams-Seahawks games. And I know a lot is coming down because there's going to be a lot of Metcalf owners. There's going to be a lot of Penny owners. A lot of Stafford, Cup, Sony, um, Henderson owners. Probably people starting the kickers on both sides. There's a lot to go around on these teams. There's a lot to go around in this episode. Today, we're going to be going around the not top 10. One of my favorite segments, one of my favorite things to do is dissect the not top 10 and see who does not belong in the top 10. Because it is a way for us to go over the players. It is a way for us to go over the games without necessarily just going down the list of teams and just going, so what do you think about uh, Devontae Adams? Even though he got double teamed 75% of the time against the Raiders, are you going to start him this week? Like, no shit, you're going to start him. Like, what do you expect you're going to do? <laughs> but when you're going over the top 10, you could start kind of dissecting, okay, maybe he drops down a couple notches. Maybe DK Metcalf against Chicago drops down a couple notches. Maybe Tyree Kill, even with COVID, if he ends up playing, drops down a couple notches. If you have Mike Williams in your top 10, you should be feel really sad, drops a couple notches and all that good stuff. So, I mean, it is a good way for us to dissect into the games and into the players without necessarily having the boring moments. But of course, before we get into that, I want to remind everybody to follow the Sleeper Wire show on Twitter and join our Patreon, of course, our 100% charity Patreon at Patreon slash Sleeperwire, just to make sure you never miss an article, podcast episode, whether that's us or Dynasty Wire. And then, of course, make sure you're around for the live shows, especially the Starts and Sits episodes done on Sunday morning. That one is tons of fun, lots of action. You get to hear a lot of good questions that realistically apply to you because a lot of the times when you're going on those, you're kind of looking for those mid-tier guys, seeing who you should start, who you shouldn't start, and all that good stuff. Shan, anything else before we move on? No, that's it, man. Just tune into those shows now more than ever is the time. If you haven't been listening or you don't listen to the Blitz, you've got whatever it is going on, those Sunday morning shows, you listen live, we'll answer your questions. Mm -hmm. It's always entertaining because you see hilarious questions, you see funny personalities, and you get the best possible lineup for, especially now, your fantasy playoff matchups. Of course, the X's and O's are going to be the most important. And when they start going into the analytics on Sunday morning, when we start seeing more of the injury report come out, the COVID reports come out, you know, it's a little bit easier to answer those starts and sits questions. Right now, it is a Tuesday, Tuesday night. If you're asking me if Austin Eckler's playing, I can't tell you yes or no. It's too early. And if Tyree Kill's playing, I can't tell you that. It's still too early. But when you go on to the Blitz, it is a answerable question. But all right. So in the not top 10, we're going over RBs. And we're going over wide receivers. But since this week technically has not ended, this week's 16 rankings have not come out. So what we did, us at Sleeper Wire, is I had Sheehan do his top 10. And basically, I'm just going to roast it and nitpick it and then change it how I will to make sure it fits my narrative. Does that sound fair? I mean, that's the, that's the conceit we've come up with here. I'm just going to save these. Okay. Oh, Okay, I like your idea right here. I like this is I like this this is going. And we, we can we can keep the receipts, as the kids say. Um at the end of the week, just you know, you you obviously up against the big names in the industry. Okay. And you know, this is like a David versus Goliath. I find rankings incredibly tedious. I have no interest in doing them. And to be honest, I got bored ranking two groups of ten players. So we'll see how we go. And with all those caveats and um are saving out of the way. Tell me everything that I've got wrong. Okay, so let's let's start it off with the simple ones. 
We'll start off with our running backs, and I'll list out the top 10 for you. Or list out the top 10 for the viewers that you have currently named. At number one, Jonathan Taylor against Arizona. That's pretty self-explanatory. Jonathan Taylor, he, he's just one. That's it. He's one. Alvin Kamara against Miami. Now, Kamara, he's dropping a very disappointing game. Very disappointing game for your first week of the fantasy playoffs. And chances are you're probably not having a first round bye if you had Alvin Kamara because of the time he's missed and the uh, the boom bust potential that he has been this year. So if you had him, you probably started uh, your first week in playoffs and he kind of he, he did you dirty. So I'm a little biased and upset at him. Dalvin Cook against the Rams. It's Dalvin Cook. What do you expect? James Robinson against the Jets. Good matchup. Good player. Carlos Hyde currently just hopped onto the season-ending IR. It's a good sign for James Robinson. Cordell Patterson against Detroit. After dropping an extremely disappointing game against the Niners, uh, he would definitely will bounce back against Detroit. Nick Chubb against Green Bay. Can't complain around there. He's at the sixth mark. Austin Eckler, if he plays against Houston. So if Austin Eckler plays, this one's going to be a little interesting because he did only play half of the snaps against the Chiefs because of his ankle injury. And now he has COVID. So it depends how hard he gets hit with COVID to see him and how he's able to bounce back and how his ankle heals against Houston. I wouldn't be surprised even if he tests negative for COVID, he does not play this game just because, uh, I mean, it's Houston. They should win this game. Um, if you have waiver priority or have fab left over, you should for sure be spending it on Justin Jackson or Joshua Kelly. Uh, Michael Carter against Jacksonville. We'll talk about that one later. David Montgomery against <laughs> Seattle. Fair enough. James Conner against Indianapolis. Now, James Conner has been on a tear and on a rampage. There is a, there's probably a an extremely identical amount of people who have first round by and own James Conner on their fantasy yep. team. So uh, I'm all right with the list so far. Yep. I figured you'd uh, pick some holes in it. I've got Eckler there with an asterisk versus Houston, obviously, depending on whether he plays. Um, Kamara, I put at number two. He's the Christmas Day specialist. Oh, God. Don't remind weekend me. weekend specialist. Don't remind me. Um, and Miami, not that great against, uh, not that great against the run. Uh, this year, they've given up a lot of points to the position. As you say, you sort of went down and, and everything's pretty self-explanatory. I That 10th that spot could have been filled by a number of people. For me, it was Connor. I like that touchdown upside against the uh, the Colts, who have been pretty bad over the past month defending the run. Now, let's see. Where is Joe Mixon in this? Now, they go. he goes the day after Christmas on a Sunday against the Baltimore Ravens. Mixon, I struggled to rank because he's under a bit of an injury cloud. Uh, I think if he's fit, he's probably that 10th player, particularly if Eckler doesn't play. Um, it was tough leaving him out, um, but I'm I'm not sure how he goes. I feel like that game could be um, could be a real back-and-forth affair, which doesn't really suit him. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Now, let's see. I was just about to ask about Leonard Fournette, but as I look him up, he has a hamstring and is likely to land on IR, and it looks like they just signed Le'Veon Bell. Ooh. That is some yep. juice and some spice to add to our fantasy playoffs. Now, in my opinion, there's no way I'm starting Le'Veon Bell in my fantasy playoffs. And um, what happened to Ronald Jones? Is he healthy? Yeah, Rojo's their, uh, the number one running back. I was going to say to you, how do you feel about Rojo? Uh, he's RB1. Yeah. I don't, I don't think there's any, uh, any way to go about it. He's just RB1. If you have him, you start him. I'm starting him over. Let's go. Uh, 
let's see. If Ramondre Stevenson is the only healthy back, as in like Harris isn't playing, I would start him over Ramondre Stevenson. I would start him over yeah, Javante Williams. carries for 63 yards last week, which yeah. is pretty good. Yes. There's not a Geo Bernard to steal those catches. No, there is. I don't mind it. Uh, uh, I mean, there's, what's it, Vaughn? What's his name? Vaughn. Keyshawn Vaughn. Keyshawn Vaughn. Yeah, he's trash, but I mean, he's going to be there. I would start him over Javante Williams. I'd start him over Saquon Barkley, like straight up. Saquon Barkley is almost not startable. You're starting him because you have to, not because you want to. Uh, Miles yep. Gaskin, Sonny Michelle, AJ Dillon, Rashad Penny. I would start him over Michael Carter. Miles Sanders. Yep. Uh, if you, You're putting Rojo in your top 10 here. Yeah, I, I feel like, he, like as I'm looking down the list, there's a lot of people I would rather not start over Rojo. Yep. As I backwards say that. Uh, Jeff Wilson Jr., if he's the only startable running, if he's the starting running back for the Niners, as in uh, Elijah Michelle isn't playing again this Thursday night, I think I would start Jeff Wilson over Rojo. Yeah. But they're very close. Wilson and Rojo were two of the other names I looked at for this 10th spot as well. Wilson, I, I couldn't guarantee he was going to be the only man in town, but if he is, that Texan, uh, that Titans matchup is really good. Um, yeah, Ro- I'm happy I picked up Rojo off uh, off the waivers in the last couple of weeks. And if you did, that pays heavy dividends. Now, I would start him over a- a- Aaron Jones. I don't know if I said that already. Is that fair? Or is that uh, too much of a hot take? Um, I think that's a bit much of a hot take. Mm-hmm. I kind of like, well, he and Dylan are pretty well splitting time these days. I like the matchup, but I don't think you can be sure that Jones is going to get the the high quality touches. Yeah, he, his touchdown upside is incredible, but if he does not get those touchdowns, then his fantasy scoreline might look incredibly disappointing. I feel like Rojo, you know, he's going to get probably about fifteen touches minimum. I'd say so. And that at least puts you at a stat line of about seven fantasy points. Assuming those are all rushes. You get a couple of receptions in there, then you might have a 10-plus fantasy stat line just off of uh, no touchdowns, which I think is pretty good for Rojo. Yeah, I, I, I'm 100% with you. I think uh, you could easily... Are, are you putting Rojo in your top 10? That's the that's the question. Okay, so I'm taking out Michael Carter. Taking out Michael Carter? Yes, and I'm assuming Austin Eckler does not play. Fair enough. So that, so that takes seven and eight out. Which means, no, 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 you, you know, you're, you're changing the Google Doc. You should keep it that way uh, and then have like a separate section on the bottom. I've, I've saved, saved my, oh, you uh, saved my names over okay, here. Okay, you saved it. Okay, I've, okay, I've, okay. I've saved my own little uh, doc, okay. document here. Okay, okay. Then you could erase that. Yeah, okay, that's fair. <laughs> so you're take, taking out Eckler and Carter. Now, you're not, happy with... Where's Najee Harris in this? Um, I think Najee Harris is shit. I mean, I don't necessarily not disagree with you, but, like, he's going against the Chiefs. He had such a poor week. It was a really um, bad week. I don't, I don't know. I just didn't feel confident with him. I think so much of his value has been... Touchdowns. Touchdowns and, like, just being peppered with targets. And you might see that again, but the Chiefs are a better defense than people are giving him credit for. Yes, especially now. I mean, they started off absolutely horrendous, but lately... They've been, playing, they've been playing some pretty good football. Yeah. If we if I have a look at me me numbers here, well they're giving up over the past month they're to well they've given up a lot of catches to uh to running backs, so I suppose that is a good sign for 
for Harris, but they've not given up a rushing touchdown over the past month, at least leading into this week's game. They hadn't. Mm-hmm. To be fair, Austin Eckler has received a touchdown last week, not technically a run. Um, no, I'm pretty comfortable with Najee Harris. I'm comfortable with him. So let's see right now. I'm leaving Jonathan Taylor at one. Yep. I'm leaving Alvin Kamara at two. I'm leaving Dalvin Cook at three. Uh, no, Hunt Hunt isn't playing. So you know what? I'm putting I'm putting Nick Chubb at four. I'm putting yep. Nick Chubb at four. I'm moving James Robinson at five. Cordell Patterson, six. Against Detroit. Yeah, I think he has a bounce back game. I mean, uh, he, he did get stuff on the goal line multiple times against the Niners, but the Niners aren't Detroit. I expect him to be able to punch those in next time. Yep. Uh, and then, let's see. Let's move Nick Chubb out from seven, put him in a four. I think that'll be a pretty fantasy-relevant game, that Falcons-Lions game. I think it's going to be up and back. Lots of points. Lots of points for Kadaryl Patterson. Lots for Amon Ross St. Brown. And lots for Craig Reynolds. Craig Reynolds. How comfortable do I feel about it? How comfortable do you feel about Craig Reynolds? I think he's liable to get you 8 to 12 points, and I think that's probably his ceiling. Ceiling. Hmm. Maybe like, well, actually, probably no ceiling. What do you reckon, like 80 yards and a touchdown? How many receptions did he get? Uh, He's had three in two weeks. Three in two weeks? Okay, so chances are you're not banking on receptions. Yeah, but they don't. It depends what they want to do with him. What's Swift's chances of coming back? Zero. Zero? I doubt he plays again this year. Why why would they bring him back? He jeopardizes them getting a better pick, jeopardizes them the future. I I just don't see why they would play him. Jamal Williams might. Um, But I I think it's, it's Craig Reynolds. And they seem happy to use him as the, the sled dog there. Hmm. All right. Okay. So we're going Jeff Wilson. I want to add him to the list somewhere. I want to add him. Um. You know what? So right now I'm assuming Elijah Michelle does not play. Yep. So Jeff Wilson, I'm putting him at seven. And then I want to go Rojo. Rojo at eight yeah on david montgomery against seattle that's a good matchup but how comfortable am i putting dave montgomery in my top 10 see the issue with this is you got to replace him yeah and that's the hard well, I mean, part you talked about mixon he might be the person you uh you replace him with yes yes that is correct mixon Against the Ravens, I believe it was. I just mentioned earlier. Yep. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. So let's see. I'm taking out David Montgomery and I'm putting in Joe Mixon. He needs to have a bounce back game. I'm keeping James Conner against Indianapolis. He's at ten. Yep. He's in that um, that Craig Reynolds mold, like sixty to seventy yards, but his upside is like two or three touchdowns mm-hmm. as opposed to one. I mean, let's see, last week, of course, week 15, he had 70 yards. I mean, he only rushed eight times. I mean, of course, that game absolutely got away from the Lions. This should have been a huge game for him. 
38 rushing yards. And then another, what is that? Let's see, it's 40. So 30 yards receiving, which isn't bad. Yeah. And is Edmonds due to come back? He has played. Edmonds did play. Apparently, oh yeah, true. Connor is questionable for this week. I still expect him to play. I still like him as well. Yeah. I expect him to play. No, He's I, not had a 100-yard rushing game this season, fun fact. But that touchdown upside on that offense, you know he's going to get touchdown opportunity. Like Oh, absolutely. Zeke is going to have touchdown opportunity. Antonio Gibson, actually now his touchdown opportunity might drop a significant amount, significant amount due to the COVID at quarterback. And also he got injured tonight. I don't know if he's back in the game, but he certainly left it early and was in the uh, the blue tent. Mm, that's interesting and something I did not know myself. Now, let's see. It's dropping truth bombs. You're Knowledge killing, bombs. You're killing it right now. You're on an absolute another stratosphere. <laughs> this is interesting because now I feel like, am I happy with this list? That's what I'm going over right now. Am I happy with the list that I have currently made? I mean, Josh Jacobs needs a shout-out, but I don't want to comfortably put him in my top 10. Same with Damon Montgomery, as I just took him out. Who are you the least confident about? In my top 10 right now. Yep. I would have to go... Honestly, number 7, Jeff Wilson. His range of outcomes is massive. Yes, he could absolutely blow up and he could absolutely be a dumpster yeah they get a pretty good matchup don't they they have a good matchup against the titans short week but usually the especially the way jimmy garoppolo is playing right now jimmy garoppolo is playing some good football he's being efficient football and um when it comes to converting third downs and keeping drives alive he has been, I think, one of the best in the NFL at it. So um, that being He's barely s- missed a pass, hasn't he? Nah. He's, yeah. Brandon Ayuk has stepped up. Of course. You know, it's no coincidence that Brandon Ayuk's resurgence, other than the subpar game he had last week and George Kittle's resurgence, has definitely improved that run game, which made uh, whoever is the running back on that offense fantasy viable. So if Jeff Wilson is going to be the starting running back, taking a majority of the carries, he's going to be on my... Uh, Starting lineup, if I have any shares of him. Are you at all concerned by the best goal line back in the league, Debo Samuel, vulturing some of those touchdown opportunities? He's going to get his. He's going to get his. So me sitting there and expecting him to not take carries, to not get his touches, is unrealistic. But the amount of times the Niners run the ball and the way they're playing right now, Leads me to believe that that uh, Jeff Wilson still has the opportunity to get his touches, his shares, and his touchdown potential and opportunities. Because, I mean, say Debo Samuel gets a carry for seven yards, then you could just kind of mathematically put it out. as like, that could have been a short pass for five yards instead. And then that's basically another carry to touch in itself. So it, it, it depends how you think about it. I think about it as yep. that could have just been a screen pass, uh, a wide receiver screen pass to the side. To Debo, and then you probably would have had the same range of outcomes that you would have had if he just ran the ball instead. So it goes both ways, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. It's a good way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. So I'm not. Less, necessarily... 
Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say carries less valuable than um, than targets usually anyway. Yeah, correct. It usually would be a less value, but I mean, as long as your player is touching the ball and getting positive fantasy points, it's pretty difficult to complain, especially when he's a, a yak monster that Debo has been this year. Yeah. All righty. Yeah. So, I mean, if we want to put running backs on this list, I guess we could put Debo Samuel at number 10. <laughs> well... I ha- I had him because you can't really start him as a running back anyway. No. You can still start Cordero as a wide receiver, which which I mean, which proves how versatile Cordell Patterson has been this year. I mean, he has been the hidden gem in the early season, and he has been a irreplaceable player in your fantasy lineup. Yep, yep. I was uh, I was wrong in writing him off as a flash in the pan early on. Actually, before we move on, and this is probably a nice segue into talking about the wide receivers, do you think we'll see Debo with dual position eligibility next year? No, no. He doesn't play enough in the running back position to get that dual eligibility. This is a special circumstances that's giving him some running back carries and running back depth. I mean, the first stringer, second stringer, third stringer, all gone for the Niners right now. I mean, it went from, uh, let's see, Trey Sermon, Mostert, Elijah Michelle to Elijah Mitchell, I should say, to, to the, for him to get this opportunity of Debo Samuel to get his random amount of touches. I mean, he's always been a jet sweep type of person. So, I mean, if you just want to count a jet sweep as a carry in itself, then, I mean, uh, it's basically the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. And he's so good at them as well. Like, it's great to see them making the most of the players they have. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, mean, it's just smart coaching. I mean, uh, he's going in Thursday night football, and this if he scores a touchdown, it would be the third Thursday night football in a row with a touchdown. So, I mean, it, there's a lot of potential that Debo Samuel has, and he has been a monster on Thursday night football. Uh, he, he is a must-start. He's been a must-start for a really long time, and I remember earlier on in the year, I, I, I've hit this a couple of times, but if you drafted Debo Samuel like we mentioned, you are profiting. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I reckon that's basically our greatest hit this year. And Cup. We're right about that, too. You you were right on Cup. You were right on Cup. Because I wanted Robert Woods. I had to settle for Cooper Cup in multiple leagues when Robert Woods was taken before that. I mean, it ended up being one of the best decisions I made. But Debo Samuel and Cup have been our little little shining shining light in the the sadness that this year has been. Yeah, I'm sure we'll... uh... We'll do our receipts episode in a couple of weeks' time, and uh-huh. we can tell you all the ways we're right and wrong. So tune in for that masturbatory navel-gazing exercise. Right. Shall I, are you happy with your top 10 then? Yeah, yeah. We, we're ready to screenshot this and get ready to go over it real fast next week. Excellent. Right. Well, I'll, I'll run you through my receivers then, shall I? Okay, go ahead. Right. We've got the aforementioned Cooper Cup versus Minnesota number one. Devontae Adams versus Cleveland, number two. Debo Samuel versus Tennessee, number three. Amari Cooper versus Washington, number four. DK Metcalf versus Chicago, number five. Tyreek Hill with an asterisk, COVID pending versus Pittsburgh, number six. Mike Williams versus Houston, number seven. Jamar Chase versus Baltimore, number eight. Justin Jefferson versus the Rams, number nine. And coming in at number 10, Mr. Big Chest himself, Antonio Brown versus Carolina. I know immediately you're going to have you're going to take umbrage with Amari Cooper being in the top ten. You've already uh, clued people up that you don't like Mike Williams in the top ten. <laughs> Maybe and 
I reckon you're going to be out on Chase as well. I'm not going to... Well, my, my defense of Cooper is that Washington suck and he is due to blow up. It's that sort of analysis. Okay. Will, Williams, however, is a little bit more strategic. And that is, this is... I can see them airing him out. And this is a Mike Williams downfield, beat his man, like eight eight targets for six catches for like 120 yards and two touchdowns on big plays against Houston. And that's why... Well, that's why I have him over Keenan Allen. It'll be one of the two of them who is a top 10 receiver this week. And I think Williams has got that potential just to go gangbusters. It is slightly wish-casting, as I will need to start him in the league as well. So, there's there's a personal vested interest there. Okay. All right, so let's break it down from the top. Cooper Cup against Minnesota. Yeah, okay. That's by default. Devonta Adams against Cleveland. By default, he deserves the respect of being number two on this list. There's nothing I could do about that. Devo Samuel, number three at Tennessee. You could interchange. You could interchange two and three. Does it realistically matter? Not really. No. Uh, Amari Cooper against Washington. Okay, so I see your logic. And historically, Amari he Cooper... He loves playing the, the, the then what they used to be called, so now the football team. Exactly. He likes, be, he likes playing against the Washington football team, and he's done well. It's kind of like starting T.Y. Hilton against Houston because for some odd reason, that's the only time he ever goes off. <laughs> so I, I don't blame you for putting him in the top 10. I don't want to put him at number four, though. He's one of those players that has that absolute ceiling, like yes. few others in the league, yes. that is like a 35, 40-point player he, yeah. if he goes off. He has and C.D. Lamb has been playing shit. I don't care if he's been scoring fantasy points, but he his hands are at the wrong positions. He's been dropping easy passes. He just looks all out of sorts. He might be scoring, but he doesn't look right. And for a team that needs to click, you only get so many opportunities. I think this is going to be a big Cooper game, as the football team zero win on on Lamb there as well. Okay. All right. So we'll leave, we'll leave him there for now, but chances are I'm going to move him around a little bit. Let's talk about DK Metcalf real fast, and I'm, I'm just going to do this real fast and take him off my list. Deleted. <laughs> um, Tyreek Hill against Pittsburgh. I just want to be realistic. He's probably not playing. So far this year, I know they relaxed COVID expectations and COVID regulations for it, but so far nobody this year tested early in the week, has been able to clear protocol to play uh, on Sunday. I'm going to assume that yeah. happens and history repeats itself and he does not play. So I'm going to take him out the list. But I mean, if Tyreek Hill plays, he's top five. Like, there's just no question about it. Um, yeah. And I mean, he dropped, what, 35 points against the, the, the Chargers? Like, it was nothing. And then Travis Kelsey decided to put, like, another 40 in himself. So, I mean... Uh, Kelsey also on the COVID list. So uh, th- there's a lot going on for the Chiefs, and they're definitely in a world of disarray. They'll be fine, though. But Yeah, I um, I think they both get up now that they've changed the, the rules about when you can play and when you can't. Um, but if they both have COVID as opposed to, you know, just being near someone with COVID or a close contact or whatever, it fucking sucks. Um, and, you know, are they going to be Kelsey and Hill? I'm not prepared to write them off. You're not going to not start them anyway. It's just 
whether you trust the number two wide receiver on the year or not. Hmm. Yeah. If if if, if Tyreek Hill plays, you're starting him no matter what. That's it. He brought you in the spot. He's taking you out. Yep. Uh, there's there's no way you could sit there and not start your best player. That's it. He's your best player. And if he goes off on your bench and you lose in the playoffs, you deserve to get roasted by your friends. In oh, every group trial possible, you, you deserve it. That's it. You can't complain. He brought you to here. And then at the last second, you're going to abandon him in his time of need. No, you're not doing that. Sir. He'll just come over to your house and snap your arm. And you know what? I'll <laughs> let him. You deserve it at that point. Like, just, just take it. Just take it. Take the cast for five weeks. And then, you know what? Maybe you learned your lesson by the time the next fantasy season rolls around. Um, let me paint a picture for you. Go ahead. And this is the Chiefs without Kelsey, the Chiefs without Hill. Playing against the Steelers, who are currently giving up 36.7 points to running backs. Does Clyde Edwards-Hilaire sneak into your top 10? Yeah. Oh, you know, that that changes a lot. So the Steelers over the past month have been the worst team against the run. Yeah. The They've given up more touchdowns than anyone else, more yards than anyone else. Like I'm, a, I know Clyde Edwards isn't Dalvin Cook, but I'm just imagining how much the Steelers got absolutely gashed by the by Dalvin Cook, and I'm thinking as long as Clyde could replicate half of that, he gets a hundred scrimmage yards and a touchdown. Yeah, it, it, if if Tyreek Hill and Kelsey are not playing, Clyde Edwards Hilaire needs to be in the top ten, and he turns into a must start. He is already on borderline must start, but he's not top ten. He's in the top fifteen to ten range. Yeah, I feel like if you have him, you start him anyway. It's yeah. just uh, give, whether you wanted to include him on the list. Yeah, that's pretty fair. That's pretty fair. Now, now, okay, let's go back to situation-wise. Okay, hot take it a little bit. If if CH plays, I would rather take Jeff Wilson Jr. off number seven and put CH in that spot. Fair. Fair. Yep. Okay. So if Hale and Kelsey do not play, CEH goes to number seven. If they do play, then, well, he stays out of the top ten. Okay. So now that we got that out of the way. Now there's a person I'm putting in my top ten with the name of Brandon Cooks. Oh, yeah. He was uh, he was fire last week. Yes. He hurt, he hurt me on a lot of ways. And um, uh, Chris Hansen will hear about it. <laughs> He's been our guy all year, though. Like he's, he's been one guy that both you and I have been like, yep, he is our dude this year. Mm -hmm. He he is a type of person that you'll never count out and you should never count out because he's never, ever, 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 ever giving you a reason to count him out. Yep. And uh, he deserves that respect until he retires. Charge is pretty good day. But I just expect more out of Brandon Cooks than the Chargers defense. It's just about it. I guess it's whether Davis Mills is going to have time to get the ball to him more than the downfield coverage. Like, he's going to get double-figure targets. I, I don't know. I'm not trying to dissuade you from Brandon Cooks. It's just, uh, does he have that absolute upside this week to be a top 10 in what could be a high-scoring week? Yes. Fair enough. Yes. Now, okay, so Brandon Cooks is number five. Right now, the Google Docs is screwing with me right now. I don't like what it's doing to me. Um, it decided to put Brandon Cooks underneath the five, even though when I had it specifically on five. It was kind of rude of them. Nice job. 
Thank you for uh, fixing that error. I'm not. I'm not a Google Docs person. Clearly, you are. <laughs> I'm a. Uh, I'm a freeware person. There you go. I like to hear it. Now, I want to put this guy in. Number seven. Deontay Johnson. No, close. We'll talk about him in a moment. Uh, Gabriel. Davis. I was very close to having him as my 10th player. I think he's going to be a league winner. My hesitation is they play the Pats this week and either the Pats shut down Stefan Diggs and, you know, Davis does what he needs to do or he gets saddled with JC Jackson because he's a pretty good matchup for him and he doesn't see daylight. No, I trust Gabriel Davis. Fair enough. I trust Gabriel Davis. I trust Josh Allen, and I trust Gabriel Davis. Stefan Diggs has a history of torching the Patriots. Uh, yeah, how'd he go last time they played? Mm-hmm. Actually, you know what? Now I have to look that up. I don't remember. Very poorly. Four. Now I gotta look um, this up. He, I mean, Diggs was Diggs was great last year. But yes. he was great against everyone last year. That is true. I would rather start Davis over Diggs this week. Um, I, I'm I'm all in on Gabe Davis. You should be starting him. I just don't see him as a top 10 player this week, particularly because okay. I, I see some players just blowing up and I don't think... like he, he might be like a... Maybe like a 70 and a touchdown guy. Um, That's top 10. Is it? I mean, five catches, 70 yards, and a touchdown. Let's see, half point PPR, that's two and a half, 10, touch 16. Is that enough for top 10? I would have thought about 20 is usually the cutoff, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know. Cooper Cup, okay. number one, playing against the Vikings, who are the worst at defending the pass. So count them in. He'll be borderline. Davis will be borderline. I think it'll be that kind of. 12 to 18 range. No, no, no. I think he does better than 75 catches and a touchdown. I think he goes for near 100, maybe even two touchdowns because last year, Gabriel Davis played a quarter of the time that um, Chase Claypool played. And Chase Claypool led, the, uh, led rookies in touchdowns last year. Number two, was Gabriel Davis, and he's tied for second. So Gabriel Davis played half the time Claypool played, yet their stats were identical when it comes to touchdowns. So Gabriel Davis has a knack for touchdowns, and he's shown it this year. He's got four touchdowns in the last three weeks. Exactly. So he has a knack for touchdowns, even when he's not necessarily starting. I know Emmanuel Sanders was there. Emmanuel Sanders is a little bit hurt now, which has given Gabriel Davis the real opportunity. But now Cole Beasley's on the IR list. Due to the COVID? Yeah. COVID Beasley. He's got it now. <laughs> to, to, to Beasley's defense, I expected him to get it much sooner. I applaud him for waiting 15 weeks to get it. I think that is a phenomenal feat, especially for how outspoken it is. You, you know how it is usually with karma? The, the ones who are outspoken on it usually get it first and then it makes them look the stupidest. But he's went a while without it. Yeah. 
yeah, you expected him to sort of walk out his front door and get hit by the Karma bus. Exactly. I mean, 15 weeks later, and it's during their playoff run. So, I mean, in the Bills' perspective, yes, it kind of, the actual Bills NFL perspective, yeah, this kind of sucks and hits him at the wrong time. But for fantasy purposes, this is kind of nice. Because it really opens up everything. I know Cole Beasley is a nice flex prospect in your fantasy lineup, but he's not he's, he's not Gabriel Davis. Gabriel Davis adds a lot more element and a lot more upside that Cole Beasley could not have. And like you mentioned, last year, Stefan Diggs went off against the Patriots. Their first outing didn't go so well. I mean, of course, weather-wise, played a huge issue in that game. Uh, but I, mean, I definitely think... To a, to a degree... Yes, but I think Bella. I mean, come on, what do you mean to a degree? The Patriots threw the to ball three times. They threw the ball three still times. Won. I know they still won, but I mean, the weather played a huge pro- problem and aspect to that game. Come on. S- sounds to me like the Bills couldn't stop the power running game of the Patriots. No, they could they not. They kept turning back. <laughs> they could not. I, you, know, you know, you could have committed 10 guys to running, to stopping the run, and they still wouldn't have stopped it. Yeah. They did. They sold out. And, it's, it's, you know. I, I can't believe it. Alrighty. And they did it again against the... I mean, the, well, the Patriots sold out to stop Jonathan Taylor, and that didn't work out. So, I don't know. Maybe just selling out to the run just isn't a good idea this year. Uh, the Patriots don't have enough speed in their sort of linebackers and safeties because they keep getting gashed on these long runs. Um, it's happened a couple of times that basically if you break through the, the structure, you're home. Like, there's no one who's going to run you down. Mm-hmm. All right. So, I, I expect... Um, anyway, okay. that's there, by the by. There we go. Good job. Good analyst. Good analytics. I like to hear stuff like that. But I expect Belichick to have something for Stefan Dix. He's going to bracket him, double team him. JC Jackson's going to be there. He's going to have safety to help. McCordy going to be there. Some. Gabriel Davis is going to have a good game. And he deserves to be in the top 10. I'm putting him over Stefan Dix this week. I think that's fair. Cool. I no. don't think I don't think he's a top ten player. Hence me not putting him in my top ten. But I do think he will have a good week. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, that's the fun of this. I like it because we get to debate it. If we had the same top ten, this wouldn't be fun. Yeah. Kian Allen. So he's going to number eight. I took out Mike Williams because I don't like Mike Williams and I can't stand Mike Williams and I almost hate him more than Leviska <laughs> Chanel. But there's Keenan Allen. Um, who who the page who the uh, the the Chargers play? It doesn't matter because Keenan Houston. Allen Houston. Oh yeah. Then okay. Hold on. Maybe Keenan Allen deserves to go a little higher. Okay. So I'm taking Keenan Allen off of number eight, and I'm putting him into number six, which leaves eight <laughs> open. <laughs> There's some nice uh, inside baseball. He's written versus Hoos, which yeah. I, I I do like him as a matchup against uh, the Prophet himself. There you go. Well, I mean, I, I was gonna write Houston, but then I was like, Nah, Hoos is good. That's good enough. You figured it out. <laughs> Okay, so so far to recap, we got Cooper Cup one, Defonte two, Debo three, Amari four, Brandon Cooks five, Keenan Allen six, Gabriel Davis seven. We have an opening at eight, Jamar Chase nine, Justin Jefferson ten, and you have uh, Mr. Big Chest at eleven. Is he even officially playing? Yeah. Well, it was really at ten because we had a a gap, so okay, it's still mind. top ten. Okay, never mind. Um, I can't count. Well, he'll, he'll have to play. Uh, his suspension's over. And he and Brady have been sharing those bunk beds. And basically, with Chris Godwin out, this is his time to shine. Hmm. Uh, Against Carolina, who yeah. suck. 
Yes, but they have a guy named Stefan Gilmore. Yeah, and he'll probably get um, Mike Evans. If he plays. Uh, if You're right, if he plays. And also, I imagine Brady knows how to pick holes in Gilmore. And Gilmore will know how to uh, to play Brady as well. Obviously, teammates of the Patriots for a little while there. Um, but Brady will want to feed Antonio Brown. Okay, let's see. As I check the report on Mike Evans, Mike Evans is week to week with a strained hamstring. Uh, there he is won't a play. Ch- there is a chance he plays in week 16 against the Panthers. Uh, I, don't, I don't like it. I don't I like don't it either. Explain. I don't like it either. Okay, so I'm scratching Evans off this list, which means I'm expecting Gilmore to be Antonio Brown, which kind of lowers my expectations on Antonio Brown. Now, I know you mentioned Deontay Johnson earlier, and I noticed he is not on your list. No, he got bumped for uh, Mr. Big Chest. Okay, okay, okay. But now let's see here. Deontay Johnson has five-plus catches in nine straight games. Third longest active streak in the NFL has 90 receiving yards in four of five games. And he's going for six in a row with more than 75 receiving yards. The only other wide receiver to do that right now is Tyreek Hill. So in theory right now, him and Tyreek Hill are on par with the same statistics. Minus the touchdowns. Deontay Johnson dropped those. We, we, we don't have to mm. talk about those drop touchdowns, but he did. And that makes me sad. But Deontay Johnson's getting the targets. He's getting the receptions. And he's getting the yards. This is going to be a dirty game for the Steelers. The Chiefs are going to beat up on him. Which is why I like it. I think this is like another Roethlisberger struggles to get to 170 passing yards. That's I mean, those, those might all go to Deontay Johnson, to be fair. But it, it, it was close. I like Johnson. I'm a, I'm a big fan. Um, I just think Brown has a higher ceiling, which is why I put, put him on there. That's fair. That's fair. Justin Jefferson against the Rams. He's number nine. God, you know, it feels weird seeing him that high on the list. Or that low, technically. Usually he's around yeah. the four or five. Jalen Ramsey. Do I expect Jalen Ramsey to be stopping him? I expect him to do a decent job. But I definitely do expect Justin Je- uh, Jefferson to get coupled. It was a combination of Ramsey blanketing him and expecting big weeks from other guys. Um, the other name there is Chase. And I know he's sort of fallen off in the back half of the year, but Baltimore have like you and me in their secondary at the moment. And the last time Jamar Chase has played the Ravens, he absolutely dismantled them. Yep. Well, I think this could be Cincinnati's coming out party mm-hmm. against, against Baltimore. Yeah, they need a bounce back game. After the little disappointing loss against the 49ers, I'm leaving Jamar Chase at eight. I'm leaving Justin Jefferson at nine, but I am going to put Deontay Johnson for Mr. Big Chest at number 10. Okay, so wrap it up. Cooper Cup at one, Devontae two, Debo three, Amari four, Brandon Cooks five, Keenan six, Gabriel Davis seven, Jamar Chase eight, Justin Jefferson nine, Deontay Johnson at 10. Alrighty, so that's going to have to wrap up that one. Any questions so far? No, I'm fairly happy, fairly happy with that discussion. It's a good segment. 
Cool, cool, cool. I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with where we are. Just a quick little shout out to other people on the list, real fast. I know AJ Green and Christian Kirk, they're getting a lot of hype right now. I'm just gonna tell you, they are flexible at this point, but they're definitely not inching into the top ten. If you have Julio I like Jones, Kirk more than Green. I like Green more than Cook, but uh, they're both flexes, and at this point, they're good for five receptions, sixty yards, and maybe they get a touchdown. I feel like that's their ceiling for both of them, honestly. Yeah, bit of a Gabe Davis sort of setup. Yes, but no, no. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nearly try. got you. He nearly got me, but no. Uh, if you own Julio Jones, congratulations! You're not in playoffs anymore, and you fully deserve it. Russell Gage also potentially in the top ten. He could just drop a donut at any time, and I don't trust it. Amon Ross St. Brown, I also attempted to put him in there. Uh, high upside, I just, you know, it's hard to put a rookie that had a couple hot weeks into the top 10 in your fantasy playoffs. Laquan Not Tre- Jalen Waddle. Um, he's close at the same time. I can't do it. I can't do it. And the other one that jumps out to me on the list here uh, is Michael Pittman. Mr. Rejected himself. He's he's someone I could see getting into that top 10. Yeah, he could also. I just like the people in the top 10 more than Michael Pittman. There's nothing wrong with him. At this point, he's yep. basically wide receiver two must-start category. Totally agree. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Okay, let's see. Laquan Treadwell, of course you're starting him, right? <laughs> I would not um, touch him with a 10-foot barge hole. Would you rather start Large LaVisca? Pole, even. I would, um, to, uh, you know what? I'm not going to use that phrase because it, it's it's not a very nice phrase at all. I would rather not start either of them. There we go. I'd rather start Tavon Austin. I'd rather take the forfeit loss than start either of them. Yep, that's basically how I feel about it. Okay, so glad we are on the same page there. All right, let's hit him with a two-minute drill. Lead us on here. Right here. Let me get my timer out. I like the timer. So Christmas Day, we're going to get a nice Christmas surprise. Let me actually suss out who's playing. I should have done this in advance. We have the Browns at the Packers in what should be a fairly good contest, um, a nice way to set up your fantasy playoffs coming out of the Thursday night um, 49ers at Titans, and then we have the Colts at Cardinals. There's three nice games to kick off the week. I mentioned or alluded to it earlier. I think the Lions at Falcons could be a really good fantasy game. A um, lot of up and back. Two teams basically with nothing to lose. I know the Falcons are kind of in the playoff picture in the NFC. Um, but I would expect them to, uh, to to trade blows here. The wrinkle there is that um, our boy Jared Goff may not play. Uh, and obviously that caps the upside of guys like uh, Josh Reynolds, Monroe St. Brown. Uh, but it would be good news for uh, for Craig Reynolds as well if he wouldn't play because obviously they're going to lean on him more. Uh, the other one I'm going to focus on, uh, again, I suggest it might be the Bengals coming out party. It's at home. I could see the Bengals and Ravens trading blows as well. Whether that's Huntley, whether that's Lamar Jackson, I, could, I think the Bengals are going to rack up points. It's whether the Ravens can stay with them. I think if the Ravens can stay with them, the Ravens probably win. But um, I think this could be a, a big game for Jamar Chase, a big game for uh, for T Higgins, and um, if they get out to a bit of a lead, lead Joe Mixon salting away the clock there. And oh, let's pick one more. 
Jags at Jets, I'm sure fans will be wanting to see in a fairly soft matchups, just anything, signs of life from the number one and number two picks in the draft. Fair to say they've been largely disappointing in disappointing situations, uh, but this is a chance for both of them to show there's there's some silver lining and um, better things around the corner. There aren't any. I just want you to know that. Yeah, I uh, well, I've got faith in Lawrence, but gee whiz, Wilson looks shit. I honestly feel the opposite. Yeah? Trevor Lawrence looks trash. In my opinion. Maybe we... Maybe we can come back to this in like a postseason wrap. We can do like a crystal ball sort of episode. Okay, who looks worse, jo- uh, Wilson, Lawrence, or Fields? Oh shit, Fields has looked bad. He looks bad. You know, his QBR is in the same hemisphere of Blaine Gabbert, Josh Rosen. That's not a good look. This, if Fields can't make it, that is the final nail in the coffin of Ohio State quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, I don't know. Like, a lot of people are huge on Justin Fields, but I'm just... It was in the college tape that I felt like I couldn't say anything about. Because if I did, I would just get, you know, trolled and stormed by truthers of Justin Fields. But I, I was watching the... T- when, while I was watching the tape, there was nothing that made me go, wow... This guy is going to be good. Ohio State fans are serious homers. And amongst all college fans, I mean, we've got some really good Ohio State guys who write for us and uh, a lot of respect for them. But gee, some of those takes are very narrow minded that they have. I, I want to say like, OK, I know there's a lot of blame on Matt Nagy, but Matt Nagy, I mean, while he's maybe subpar, he's not an incompetent coach. He's not Myers. I mean, yeah, you could potentially do better, but he's not that stupid. He is, you know, he can be idiotic at times, but he's not stupid. Uh, He knows exactly what he was doing. When he said Justin Fields is not ready, it sounds like he was right that he was not ready. All right. So let's go to... Yeah, I think we've we've seen that born out. I think we've seen it with all right now rookie quarterbacks. I mean, Mac Jones, he's played pretty well. I wouldn't mind seeing him sit a year, but I mean, realistically, that's worked out, so you can't complain there. But right now, every other rookie quarterback looks like they could have used at least one year on the bench. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a tough situation. Mac Jones is was obviously the most pro ready. He went to the best organization with a team with weapons around him to succeed, and they went out and got players around him and have run schemes that suit him. The others have suffered from being on shit teams. Yes, Mac Jones has went to the ideal situation. He went from, you know, of course, in college, best coaching staff around him to the NFL, best coaching staffs around him. He went to probably the best offensive line out of the rookie quarterbacks, best probably wide receivers out of the rookie quarterbacks, probably the best running attack out of the rookie quarterbacks, and, of course, the best defense. Out of the rookie quarterbacks. I mean, yeah. if, if there was the best situation to land on, Mac Jones landed on it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that stability of coaching. And he he won his position. Lawrence and Wilson were sort of gifted theirs. Fields kind of got his by default. But Mac Jones beat out Cam Newton in 
in that competition. Make no bones about it. I think they would have sat him if he didn't look like he was ready to depose Cam. I mean, my dearly departed grandmother looks like she could outplay Cam at quarterback at the moment. And I don't think she's ever watched a game of football in her life. Yeah, I was, but, ab- um, I was about to say, no, Mac Jones life. didn't win. Cam Newton lost. But, uh, I mean, eh. you take it at this point. Nine and five leading in the division. But, all right, so... For my two-minute drill, let's hit the start button. Boom, baby. So we'll keep it on to Mac Jones, and we'll talk about the Buffalo Bills versus the New England Patriots. Well, I want to talk about my favorite receiver to ever play the game, Stevie Johnson. He, he, he was the only he was the only franchise player on the Bills to have two consecutive thousand-yard seasons. Well, congratulations. You have another man on that list in Stefan Diggs. You're gonna have another one, Gabriel Davis, soon. I mean, Stevie Johnson was my favorite receiver. I have his jersey, especially when on the Niners for a year. That was my favorite time to be a Niners fan. He was my favorite, um, especially when he turned into a rapper. That was also my favorite. Uh, I, I still think out of all the athletes that turned rapper, Stevie Johnson is still the best. I don't think that's going to change. Uh, but you know what? That's that's for a debate at another time. Maybe we can great debate this at one point. Best athletic rappers. But... For now, we're going to move on to the Indianapolis Colts against the Arizona Cardinals. This is going to be a playoff matchup. Not sorry, not a playoff, but a potential Super Bowl matchup, I should say. Because Colts, they, they know how to play playoff football. They run the ball well, take care of the football, play good defense. Same with the Cardinals. They have an underrated, uh, underrated defense that happened to absolutely shit the bed against the uh, Detroit Lions and make a lot of people's fantasy teams lose and very sad so the cardinals are definitely going to take the l of the week they they turned a lot of dreams into fantasy memes and we're hoping that they can bounce back this week i mean james connor he's still going to be that must start chase edmonds he might rush into a sneaky flex with all these covid and injury matchups that a lot of people are going to be forced to deal with i know i know you talked about the jets and Jaguars being that elite matchup it is, but I want to talk about the Detroit Lions and the Falcons being another elite matchup that it is. I know the Fa- Falcons are 6-8, and eight, but they're not a 6-8 and eight team. I don't know how they got to 6-8, and eight, but they, they somehow got to 6-8. and eight. But congratulations to them, and congratulations at their playoff potential, but they got to deal with the Detroit Lions. I know you said the Detroit Lions don't want to win. I disagree. I think they really want to win, and whatever win they could get, they're going to take, especially because there isn't a quarterback in this draft class that is worth tanking for. So at this point, it, I, I just don't think it really matters where they land in the draft position order. I think whoever they want is going to be available at that point. And whoever gets taken isn't necessarily the biggest deal in the world. They can always recoup and go somewhere else. Yep. Yeah, I um, I probably misspoke saying uh, Detroit didn't want to win. I think we can see how much those wins mean to that team. And Wins are going to galvanize that young group of players. Um, so that that's exciting. Have you got anything else before we move on to our prognostications? The Tampa Bay against the Carolina. That could have been a fun matchup, but I think the only reason that Tampa Bay against Carolina gets close is just because of the lack of weapons on the Buccaneer side. But other than that, no, I think I think we wrapped up our two-minute drill pretty nicely. Yeah. Um, actually, let me one one question here before we go. How do you feel about Duke Johnson this week against the Saints? One of the better running defenses around. Is is Duke Johnson a mirage? He, I would like to hear it from the coach. I want to hear the coach say Duke Johnson is going to get the workload again because I know he said that Miles Gaskin is healthy, but just for the sake of safety, he limited Miles Gaskin's role. And if he says that, oh, Duke Johnson's going to get touches again, then I would be pretty comfortable putting him in the lineup. 
I mean, it was also against the Jets. So it could be a mirage, and I want to hear the coach say something about it. Yeah, that's fair. I um, I said in the great debate this week, I would rather lose to Duke Johnson than lose with him in my... Or lose because of because I started him. That's fair. Yeah, I can go with that. Um, I think all the signs point to, to that not being a good pickup. Anyway, prognostications. I still don't think we've got one of these right this year. We've been close. Give us a give us a Christmas miracle. What do we got? A Christmas miracle. I think it only in the sense it'd be a Christmas miracle if we got one of these right. True. Okay, Christmas miracle. Ben Roethlisberger outplays Patrick Mahomes and has a Mahomes like no look pass. Is that a hot take? So so is that that's a, a two phase he has to he has to outplay the, Patrick Mahomes, yeah. stats-wise. Do and, and and do a no look and pass. do a no look pass. All right, um, I don't mind that. I'm going to say Mike Williams at least doubles Gabe Davis's output. Sorry, repeat that. Mike Williams okay. at least doubles Gabe Davis. I, kn- I knew output. you were going to turn it somehow into knocking on Gabriel Davis. I know. I know. I really like Gabriel Davis. I think he's a, a good player. I like the fact that he's going to score points with Diggs locked down. I like the fact that Beasley's not there for him. He's a player with huge upside. I just like Mike Williams more this week. All right. That's fair. You know what? I can't knock on somebody rooting for their guy and... I know Mike Williams has been your guy throughout the year. Uh, Damn right. I traded Nikhil Harry for him over the offseason. Uh, yeah. That's wow. the the trade of the year. That really potentially. is. That really is. I'm not going to lie. That's That guy sucks. All right. <laughs> right. So real fast well, before we... Send us home. All right. Oh. So real fast before we wrap this up, I just want to tell everybody, please don't be like Jackson Mahomes. No. Yeah, you know, eventually you have to take accountability for your actions. And when you post cringe TikToks like Jackson Mahomes does, eventually somebody has to be a good friend and tell him to stop doing it. And um, to stop calling out bars for not letting their friends in during a pandemic and a COVID limitation. Um, Yeah, Jackson, what are you doing over there? Come on, man. Come on. Is he the worst person in popular culture to have Jackson as part of his name? Yes. Yeah, I agree. I, I've seen a couple of TikToks where Patrick Mahomes is in the background and he's looking at his brother in like disgust. I don't know if that's part of the skit or he's just sitting there going, wow, like, 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 you you know, at the back of his mind, Patrick is thinking like, wow, he's, he's using me for my fame. Yeah. I mean, get well, getting's good, Jackson. That's all I have to say. I have no idea. I, I did see this thing, but I am not a TikTok user. I am not engaged in the world of Jackson Mahomes, but he sounds like a cunt. Yes. Yes. And that, it, you know what, Nick, you can bleep that if you like, I'll leave that up to you. <laughs> so I, I have the biggest flex that I've never downloaded TikTok on my phone. I don't either. There we go. And I professionally work in the world of digital marketing and I've never used TikTok. Yeah. You know, what? in our world, you know, a lot of people, especially analysts, they'll say, oh, you have to be on every social media platform. You need to be our, try to reach out to as much audience as I'm not downloading TikTok. Like, no, you cannot pay me enough to download TikTok. I'm just not doing it. At this point, it's just, no. it's, it's like, it's like the pride of not downloading TikTok. We're not, we're not the audience. 
let's let's be honest here. Probably we're, not. We're not the audience. Um, advanced in age, probably both too good looking for the platform. Well, I think it'd enough. be unfair on all the fair um, fair the, the thirst traps and true, so true, forth true, doing true. their work on on the platform. True. Your Jackson Mahomes types. Yeah. Um, uh, this is the what we're burdened with. Yeah, I feel like if I download the app, Chris Hansen. Or Scott Hansen, one of those two, are going to come knocking down my door telling me to take a seat. I do feel as though over the off-season we need to somehow get a Scott Hansen, Chris Hansen job swap going where you get Chris Hansen hosting Red Zone and then Scott Hansen telling some pedophile that they're in for like seven years of showering with other men. (laughs) I'll, I'll reach out to them and see if they're good on the idea because I know I am. Yep. You know what? I'd even settle for like like Taylor Hansen and we can find out what's been going on in his life um, since uh, since the band broke up. Fine but right um yeah. I can do it. There we that. go. Nice off season project for us. Get A Hansen on the on the podcast. Alrighty, but other than that, hey. Good luck everybody.